On today's episode of the McCann Dogs Podcast, I often will recommend to our students that they keep a loose journal so that they can learn about their puppies because there's there's sort of generalized rules of how long they can hold their bladder, etc. But every puppy's different. And now, Instructor Shannon. Welcome back to the McCann Dogs Podcast. It is season four, and I am in the studio today with Instructor Swanee. Say hi, hi Swanee. everyone. <laughs> and I'm Instructor Shannon, for those of you who have uh, just tuned into the podcast for the first time. Welcome, and we're thrilled that you found us. We are going to talk today a little bit about house training. And house training is something that boils down to a couple of key items that need to be in place. Um... I've not had any humongous struggles house training any of my puppies because I have used these steps and I've been very proactive with them. So we're going to talk about some of the really common mistakes that people make when it comes to house training that will lead you down the path that will challenge and create more trouble for you and your puppy. And we are going to talk about the common solutions for that that we use that will help you get on the right track and keep things nice and even. So before we get to that, Instructor Swanee, have you had any real challenges when it comes to house training? Any dogs that were really tough? I had one dog that was very difficult to house break. Okay, uh, who was that? Not, it was Cowboy, my Saluki. And it's not that it was difficult. It took extra long for a few reasons. So okay, oft, why often, do you think? Well, one of the reasons was when I got Cowboy, I also had a two-year-old child. Uh, and I was living by myself. And it was January. So and where were Cowboy and the two-year-old child living then if you were living by yourself? They, out, <laughs> out in the shed. I kept them in the shed. No. <laughs> no. But um, so it was just me and those two. Okay. And um, Cowboy had uh, come from a breeder who kept them under heat lamps. Okay. And so Cowboy had lived her entire existence under a heat lamp. Oh, like all the way to eight weeks? Yep. Okay. Actually, no, all the way to 11 weeks. She didn't oh, let them wow. go until 11 weeks. Okay. So all the way to 11 weeks, Cowboy had basked under a sunlight. <laughs> and uh, being a breed that is from the Middle East, they they like warm. I and bet. she was a smooth and she was very smooth. So she, yeah, any, anything below 90 degrees, she thought was chilly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So I brought Cowboy home in January. Oh, so therein lies the challenge. January, we're in Canada right. and Ontario. So January is not a pleasant month for right. little dogs who exactly. like it 90 yes. degrees and above. <laughs> and I had a two-year-old toddler. So I, you know, normal housebreaking tactic is to run the puppy out of the house. And so the first time I did that, all of a sudden I realized I've just left an unattended two-year-old in my house. Oh, yeah. Also... I have a screaming puppy that the neighbors are going to, you know, wonder what's happening. She was screaming because of the cold. Oh She's like, holy man, it's cold. So it's like putting an ice cube down your back. <laughs> so I ran back in with her and my son Ty is at the, at the window crying because mommy's dessert already. He's jealous because now there's a puppy that's vying for mommy's affection. Oh. And now mommy's running outside and deserting him in the house. Oh my goodness. And all of a sudden... What, what I've just done by getting this puppy has hit me. Like, oh, oh no, I'm going to have to do some problem solving. Oh. So that that's, yeah. And she was a, you know, so I, I, I we can talk about the problem solving I did later if, 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 yeah, if we sure. choose to. But, um, it, and being a hound, I found she just, 
took a little bit longer. The, the Saluki is a breed that's notorious for taking a while to housebreak. Gotcha. So. And actually, let's dive into some of the problems that, or some of the tactics that you use to solve that problem, because I know that you had to think outside the box and go outside of the traditional methods. So, uh, and I think it will be helpful for a lot of people who end up going down the path of pee pads out of necessity, like yes. you did. Yes. So there's very few times when we would actually recommend using pee pads. Normally, they will actually set your house training back because mm-hmm. they cause confusion in a lot of cases. So having the puppy think that it's okay to go in the house because there's this pee pad there will often make your house training harder. But in reality, some people live in condos, some people live in situations like Mm -hmm. what you're describing. Yes. So how did you use the pee pad to make sure that you were not setting Cowboy up to be confused? Okay, so what I did, what I decided, it's like I cannot leave my child in the house and I cannot take this ice cold little puppy outside in our winter. And um, I decided I'm going to go the pee pad route. And I'd never done that before with a puppy. So I did a little bit of thinking. I was very lucky in my house that I had an area at the back door, just to the side of the back door where I could put these pee pads. Okay. Because I knew I eventually needed Cowboy to go to that back door to tell me she needed out. So it was very important to put the pee pads at the back door. I also decided I wanted to make it an area to keep my child out of too, because I don't want a two-year-old falling flat on his face in a, <laughs> a used pee pad. So there was a few things to consider. So That's probably good. Yes. <laughs> I got an exercise pen and that's one of those, you know, those pens that you can set up in a circle. Right. And I got- it's like a little temporary fence. Right. Yes. Yeah. It didn't have to be tall or anything. It just had to be something that I could corral the pee pads in. And I left a little opening. It was one that didn't have a door. It was one that you uh, is just a sheer fence and you okay. bring it around and clip it shut. Um, I left it open a little bit and we put pee pads in it. Okay. And I gave my two-year-old instructions that you don't go in there. That's Cowboy's private area. It's her bathroom. And I think once he realized it was a bathroom, he's like, well, I don't want to go in there anyway. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> and that's where I took Cowboy to go to the bathroom. So we would all, I do the same watching. And as soon as I felt she was going to go, zoomed her into that pee pad room. So she had her own little pee pad room. And, uh, you know, good girl, that's great. So she picked up actually that pretty quickly is, you know, let, you know, you run to the pee pads, run to the pee pads. And of course I kept the area extremely clean because that's in my house. Then when the weather started getting warmer, so that was about in March. Okay. I felt, okay, uh, I want her to start going outside now. Um, I still had the, you know, the issues with my son, but because it's getting warmer, I could kind of grab him one under one arm and grab cowboy <laughs> under the other. And we both run out together. So uh, what I did was um, I started making the pee pad area smaller and I started putting um, pee pads outside. Okay. Where I wanted her to go. Bridge the so, gap, so yes. to speak. Yeah. So I put, uh, I took the pee pads where I wanted her to go and I got some rocks and I uh, weighed the pee pads down. And now when she started to go to that area, I intervened and out we went on the pee pads and there she would go. Perfect. So it it did work out. It it worked out well, but I I think one of the important things I did was I had the pee pads at the back door, you know, so it could be easy for her. Well, and you had a plan in place. So you weren't just, okay, well, I'm going to do this temporarily and then we'll see what happens in the spring. You had a plan in place so that you could easily transition. And I think that that is a huge part of the success factor. Yes. And I think if I lived in an apartment, I would probably do the same thing with a young puppy. Yeah. I think I'd put my pee pads at the apartment door and 
go from there. Yeah, or if you have a balcony in your apartment right. or your condo, that might be a good option, depending on weather, of course, right, and all yes. of those factors. But yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Thanks for sharing that. Yes, but I'd never used pee pads before, and I've never used them since. Yeah. It was I've, just that one dog. I've never used them myself either. So I actually tried with Reggie when we, um, uh, my partner is an avid sailor and we spent a lot oh, of time yes, yes. on the sailboat and there were moments where, of course, I wanted to be able to have Reggie go to the bathroom so we didn't have to go to land for him to go to the bathroom, but of course don't want him peeing on the boat. Mm -hmm. So I tried to set up a little litter box and pee pad. And unfortunately he was not comfortable with using it at all. So I think it was just a bit too late in his life. And mm -hmm. I did not persist in forcing the issue. I thought, you know what? It's fine. We'll just go to shore when he needs to go to the bathroom mm -hmm. right. and all will be great. And it just added to our adventure. So my yes. um, singular pee pad uh, association did not work out nearly as well as yours with cowboy. Right. Yes. <laughs> So, alrighty. So, um, some of the common mistakes that will set your house training back and the biggest mistake I would say people make is that they assume, uh, they assume that the dog knows that we want them to go outside and not inside. Mm -hmm. They assume that the dog knows that it's wrong to go inside and all of those assumptions will lead you down the wrong path because dogs being dogs, they, and especially dogs raised in house by breeders, um, who have gotten used to going in a specific area mm -hmm. inside the house, or maybe, you know, going to the other piece of the whelping box or something right. of that nature, but still going inside mm -hmm. the house. That's what they've learned up to this point. So that's their association. So then we bring them to our house and, there's no whelping box generally. There's not the same setup. Mm -hmm. So they just figure they should go when they're going. There's also an assumption, I think, that puppies can hold it. Right. And people will assume that the puppy is capable of holding mm -hmm. it. And if, uh, again, in this in this um, litter situation with a breeder, w what do you think is happening with that puppy when they're in a whelping box and they just walk to one side to pee? They just feel they can go wherever. Yeah, so exactly. It's, yeah, so they've had eight weeks, nine weeks, 10 weeks of just stopping and going or going to the spot, uh, you know, without any thought. Yeah, exactly. Without any thought at all. And, and that's really the point that I wanted to, um, to touch on was the mm -hmm. fact that they don't have the ability to control those muscles yet because they've never had a need to. Right, yes. And they've not developed that. So you, you assuming that your puppy can hold it is also a bit of a mistake. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's like a baby in a diaper. They yeah. just, you just go. Exactly. Yeah, the baby doesn't hold it. It just goes when it gets the feeling. Yes, exactly. So um, I think another, what What are some of the common mistakes that you think that uh, you'd bring up? Well, I think the one of the big, big ones is not watching your puppy. Yeah, yes, that is a huge one. Pete, we, we tell people you need to supervise and... I think everyone has a different different a different definition of that's tongue twister of what supervision <laughs> Wacky is. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. <laughs> I like them. Yeah. Me too. But yes, like supervision means active supervision. Yes. Yeah, not just going, oh, there he goes. Oh, oh he peed. Like yeah. it's yes, it's active supervision. That is precisely it. So mm -hmm. not supervising is a huge detriment. And a lot of puppies figure out very quickly when there's not the right supervision that, okay, well, I just walk behind this chair and go. And then of course people do what? <laughs> people get angry. Yeah. They blame the puppy yeah. and it's, it's entirely your fault. And they assume spite. 
Yes. You know, a lot of the times oh, right. they yes. assume that the puppy has done that on purpose. And while they have, it's not for the reasons that we no, think as humans. No, puppies aren't like that. No, exactly. No, no. So why might a puppy go off behind a chair to pee? Well, if they've been caught peeing by you already somewhere in the house and you were angry, the puppy says, uh-oh, going to the bathroom in front of the person gets them angry. Brilliant. I better go behind the chair where they can't see me, maybe that's the right thing to do. Because puppies are innocent. They don't know. Absolutely. And here's the thing with having an accident in the house. If nobody, this is why supervision is so important. If nobody is there to supervise the puppy and say, hey, that's a mistake, the puppy thinks it's right. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that nobody stopped them and gave them information to the contrary and they Mm -hmm. don't know any different. And the other is that it's a self-rewarding behavior. So going to the bathroom, I mean, anytime we have to go to the bathroom, we know it feels good to sit down and go, you know? You- <laughs> it just sounds funny. It does sound funny. It seems so logical when you right, put it yeah. on that, on that plane. I know. But truly, that yes. is a it's fact. Like, when we woo. need to go, we go. We feel relieved afterwards. We call it relieving ourselves. We call um, it relieve, the dogs relieving themselves. Right. Like It is self-rewarding yes. for us to go to the bathroom, and it's also self-rewarding for the puppy to go to the bathroom. It feels right. It must be right. If nobody's there to tell them it's wrong, why on earth would right. they think any different than what it's they're like doing? It's like when a tree falls in the forest. Oh. Yes. No one hears it. No one tells it it was wrong. I feel like there should be this like sound effect of just birds chirping yes, now yes. because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the tree fell. And- <laughs> I remember the first day we brought home Honda, our little Chinese crested puppy. Um, my son remembers this day too. He was six and he still brings it up now that he's 20. Uh Honda's breeder had used newspaper. A lot of breeders, you know, put down newspaper, although maybe not as much anymore because yeah. we don't have newspapers. Yeah, yeah that's, that's weird. What do breeders oh, do? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's why we've gone to pee pads. But um, so he had been newspaper trained. And uh, so we, the first day we had him home, you know, we're watching him. And um, uh, I happened to have an Ikea catalog sitting in the living room on the floor uh, beside my chair. Okay. And, um, I guess Honda had to go and we, you know, it was the first day. We weren't quite sure of his, you know, his, how, how he's going to present himself or anything like that. And mm-hmm. we're watching him very closely. And um, all of a sudden he made a beeline to that Ikea catalog Aww. and started to go to the bathroom. And of course I'm watching, so yes. I could interrupt and get him out. But not before one little log fell out onto the Ikea catalog. <laughs> And, but that's that's but what he, was, he knew. That's like, what he that's knew. And what a cute like they was yes. so he was trying so hard. What a good little boy. Absolutely. And, uh, so yet yeah, my son remembers that. Remember when Honda went to the bathroom on the IKEA catalog? Oh, you know, so. And that like if you think about the honesty and the effort from that puppy to say, okay, I need to go to the bathroom and I've learned to do it on this type of material. Yes. I'm in a new situation, but there's that type of material. Right, yes. I'm going to have a poop on that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, and that's I wasn't, just endearing. Exa- Good boy. Yes. I wasn't angry at him. It was just of like, course. oh, 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 nope, yeah. that's not the right spot. You know, just, yes. you know, in a, you know, in, in, a, in a voice just like that and yeah. picked him up. Out we went outside, you know, when he finished outside, hooray. And, you know, we had some fun and ran around. But yeah. it was, yeah, I, I think back and it was, he's so, they're so innocent, our puppies. They truly are. Mm-hmm. And they try really hard. If we can give them the right information, yes. they will try really, really hard. So you said go outside and then yay. Let's talk about people who will feed their dogs for peeing or pooing outside. 
Well, we don't recommend that yeah. because as Shannon said, going to the bathroom is relief <laughs> enough. So that's your reward is you, you're, you're now, you now feel good. We need like a toilet flush sound effect yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. And <laughs> dogs being as smart as they are. Yes. Truly. We have seen more than our fair share of puppies who learn to fake pee so that they can get that cookie. Yes. So keep in mind a word of praise from you, you know, letting them know that they're they're a great puppy. Way to go. That's so smart. Good for you. Praising them, maybe having a little playtime or something afterwards is going to go a very long way. Refrain from offering them food. Right. Otherwise, going. you're going to be spending a lot of time outdoors. Yeah. Yes. That too. That too. How absolutely. do I get a treat? Oh, I got to go outdoors, get one. Yeah. yeah. I know how to make that cookie machine work. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she likes it when I do this. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right, so another, so that I, I would consider that to be another big mistake because it does confuse the puppies into thinking that there are other reasons to be going outside, et cetera. Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make is not having a plan and mm-hmm. just sort of relying on the assumption that the dog will steer the behavior. And I think that that is a huge detriment. So mm-hmm. we don't have to have this incredibly elaborate plan in place with schedules down to the T, although some puppies might need that. But we do need to have a general plan of how mm-hmm. we are going to help our puppies recognize that going inside is the wrong thing to do and going outside is the right thing to do. Right. So any other common mistakes or big mistakes that pop into your head on that I think I think the biggest mistake is not watching the puppy like letting the puppy go into another room um you know letting your children watch the puppy yes yeah it it needs to be what some kids would be good you know what because I I I was a good kid and when I was about you know probably 10 I bet you weren't a good kid you were a mischievous child I grew up in a dog (laughs) show family so I understood housebreaking so I think my parents probably trusted me at you know 10 11 12 yeah. And, and that's coming from a dog show family to yeah. watch, to watch the puppy, to get them out on, on, on time. So yeah, for I, sure. I think so many problems are people just expecting too much of the puppy, not watching the puppy, giving them too much freedom. You need to use your crate. Yes. I can't imagine yeah. trying to housebreak a puppy without a crate. Oh my goodness. Neither that's can I. I guess that's an error when people don't use a crate. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And that, um, that all falls into good management, you mm-hmm. know, the supervision, using the crate, making sure there's a house line on and being able to redirect those behaviors. So as you mentioned, you're not angry with the puppy. You're no, not no. scolding them over the top no. or anything of that nature. You're not you know, old days when you'd smack them in the oh. butt with newspapers and things like Poor that. Poor puppies, yeah. All that's going to do is make you a mean and scary person. It is yes. not going to help house train them. Right. You know, I, I, good information and timely information where you go, oh, that's wrong, scoop them up and run them outside and help them finish outside. That is going to be a helpful thing. Yes. I do I, have... Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, cause you, and you hear people that say, you know what? He keeps going to the bathroom under the dining room table. Yeah. Well... Why are you, yeah, yeah, why are you continuing to allow that to happen? Now it's a habit. And the puppy says, oh, I guess this is where I go. Absolutely. Yes. So, you know, just as a, as a quick, let's talk about that. Uh, What are some of the tactics that you would take if that was the case? If somebody said to you, oh, my puppy has had three accidents, three days in a row now under the dining room table. What's the first thing that you're going to say to them? 
why is he in the dining room unsupervised? Yes, exactly. And then what are some tactics that you might give them to prevent that from happening? Well, I might uh, basically tell them, make sure he's got a long line on. Make sure you are watching him 150%. Yep. Uh, barricade the uh, dining room so he can't go in the dining Bingo. room. You know, yeah. cl- clean that spot on the carpet really well. It's not the scent that he's attracted to, though. It's, it's, the, it's the habit. It's, yeah. it's the habit. So, Absolutely. You, you, know, you want to clean it well, but yes. it, it's not going to change his habit you can clean it you could bleach it remove the carpet and he'll still go to the bathroom in there absolutely and that is so brilliant so important to point out situationally dogs will repeat what they find rewarding so Mm -hmm. if that has worked for them to get that relief in their bladder that's what they're going to continue to try to do so in addition to supervising very closely even though we are humans, we have these tiny little moments where our attention might be elsewhere. In a perfect world, the dog cannot physically get back to that spot. Mm-hmm. So it's going to create other behaviors that we can then identify and help them learn to go outside. I have um, a quote from instructor Steve. Ooh, nice. Let's do it. What we don't prevent, we permit. There you go. That's, that's a good quote, Instructor actually. Steve, yes. Yeah, that's a good quote. Mm-hmm. And this is also true when your puppy is learning and in training. Once they get to the point where they're adult dogs and they've had all these lessons already and they understand how to take responsibility for their own behavior you will have a very hopefully long lived dog who knows the rules and knows not to go in the house and knows all of the things that you want them to know Mm -hmm. so that we can all live harmoniously with our dogs right and one thing too is some some people will get an adult dog and they assume because the dog's an adult it knows really good point but it doesn't know so when you bring a new adult dog into the house you're going to supervise like it was an eight-week-old puppy. Yeah. Even if Shannon's dog, Ned, came to visit me, I'm just not going to assume he knows my house is not the toilet. It's true. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to watch. Situation. Yeah, I'm going to watch Ned really hard for the next few days until I say, okay, Ned understands. Yeah, that mm-hmm. dog is so brilliant. He actually kind of house trained himself. I, I barely even did anything. Yeah. He, actually, it, it's his association. So his breeder was phenomenal in starting the puppies. I got him at nine weeks and flew home with him at nine weeks. And he already had a lot of skills that... Um, he was cool as a cucumber with and she had set them up so that first thing in the morning she would go to their play pen mm-hmm. or their their whelping box pen or their setup whatever you'd want to call it and she would let them out and they already knew to run from that pen to tear outside and I have videos of this oh. of course and the whole pack of puppies just tearing outside mm-hmm. to go to the bathroom and then they would come back in for their breakfast right. after they had been weaned and you know he already he came home brilliant right. actually Funny story, I, um, he had several moments when he first came home that first night after I got off the plane and got home from the airport mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, let him out of the crate in the living room and we were hanging out and he kept squatting and trying to pee and squatting and trying to pee and it was happening like really frequently and I thought like this is bizarre does he have a bladder infection like what's going on so I reached out to her and I said you know did you see any signs is there anything that I should Mm -hmm. you know I should be aware of any chance that you have some insight for me and uh, she said no that's really bizarre like no signs at all and things were fine and you know we had spent some time together that morning before Mm -hmm. I got on the plane and I hadn't noticed it then either so I thought that's just bizarre and as I was trying to figure out what was going on somehow I examined and he had a little puncture in his penis. Oh, I remember you telling me this. Yeah, yes. from one of the other puppies, those little piranhas. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I think that he was feeling that pressure Ow. and thought that he yeah. had to pee. But 
after 24 hours that had sort of ended mm-hmm. and I messaged her and I said this is the culprit and we both laughed about the piranhas that puppies are they, uh, <laughs> those of you who are raising puppies you know they're piranhas you've yes. felt, felt those needle teeth um, and after 24 hours that was I think that was honestly the only time he ever tried to have an accident in the house because right? yeah. he was already started so all I had to do was say this is where you pee in the outdoor space and he was like okay Got it. Right. No problem. Yes. The value of a good breeder who mm-hmm. gets them started well right. is so, it, it, it's hard to express. Yes. So, yes. Um, if, but I'm actually, I'm glad you touched on that too, a different topic that sometimes there are weird things yes. or medical reasons. Um, puppies can get uh, bladder infections uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they just cannot control themselves. Yes. Yeah. yes. There's a lot going on during that time period. So there's the stress of leaving their litter mates and mm-hmm. their mom and everything that they've known and going into this new situation. Yeah. There's a, it, Puppies generally roll with it, but there's still some stress that comes mm-hmm. with it. They're also on this course of vaccinations that are taxing their immune system. They're going to have changes in water mm-hmm. when they get to the, from their old house to their new house. There's all sorts of things that will contribute to that. So it's a very common thing. We yes. actually see it quite a bit when yes, we're we helping people through house mm-hmm. training issues in our programs. And we think, you know what, that's not normal. So if they're peeing really frequently, like I was just describing with Mm -hmm. Ned, if they are peeing and don't seem to really notice, you know, they're sitting in it or lying in it and it's Mm -hmm. coming out of them. Those are all signs that there could be something bigger there and it could be worth a call to the vet to get a culture Mm -hmm. and figure it out. Um, You had said that people often will expect older dogs to come in house trained. And I just Mm -hmm. wanted to touch on that point to say that uh, we did a podcast episode a few weeks ago with instructor Carol Mm -hmm. on rescue dogs and things to be aware of and things to um, set yourself up for so that you're setting yourself and the new dog up for success. And she's had several dogs that she's brought in as adults that she had a lot of work ahead of her to house train. I think that she said with um, Newbing, her mm-hmm. uh, her Parson Russell Terrier, I think that she said it was 285 days or something oh, right. like yes. that yes. before she finally Because he'd been a kennel felt, dog. And yes. Just, yeah. 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 And he had been going in the crate readily as a normal thing. So that was a really hard problem to come back from. So yeah, assuming anything is yes. not good. Oh, I just thought of something. Okay. I had told that funny story about little Honda running in and, and pooping on the yes. Ikea catalog if if anyone listening has a funny housebreaking story like that or just doesn't have to be super funny just funny endearing just endearing yeah yeah, interesting. yeah 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 put it in the comments we'd love to yeah. read them and you know it always brings us a smile Absolutely. And if you are um, listening or watching the McCann Dogs podcast on the YouTube channel, that's where you'll be able to access comments. I know that uh, I've heard a couple of people, a couple of people have emailed us saying, you ask for comments, but we don't know how to comment. So unfortunately, I don't think that the Apple podcast um, platforms or Spotify or anything like that allow for commenting yet. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they bring that in at some point in the future. But if you are looking to comment and uh, join the show and jump in and interact with us, you can do that in in the YouTube comments on the McCann Dogs Podcast YouTube channel. We love interacting with you. Please share your comments at McCann Dogs Podcast on YouTube, and we'll get back to you. Happy training. So one other, I have one other mistake that I think people make as a common thing, and that is 
Yeah, we need some lead-in music yes, or something yes. here. Um, not going outside with the puppy. Oh, yes. That's yeah. a good one, Shannon. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. thank you. I thought so, too. <laughs> uh, so, a lot of the times people think that, uh, okay, well, the dog pees oh, and open the door. Yeah, yeah. the dog gets to pee outside, so I'm going to slide open the door and let them go outside, and I'll slide close the door because it's winter, and I'm in my house coat, and it's cold. Right, And yeah. then when my puppy comes back to the door, and I hear if him they ever do. Straight, <laughs> if they ever do, yeah, I will open the door and let them back in. And then what happens? You don't know if they went or not. Right, and what happens? They come in and pee. They all come in over and pee floor. on the floor. Yes, and people yes. say he was just outside, and right. then he came oh, in yes. and he peed all over the floor. Yeah, Inci- and that incidentally, ha- this happens with my fifteen-year-old Reggie at this point oh, too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have. I've had to revert to going outside with him, right? Because he doesn't know if he's going or not. Sometimes right. he's getting to that age where his his back end's a little weak, and the poop just kind of comes out of him sometimes, and he realizes and then starts squatting. Sometimes <laughs> it be like that. Exactly. (laughs) Poor old guy. You know what? He's 15. He can do whatever he wants. Honestly, every day is a gift at this point. Uh And I want to enjoy those gifts. So he poops on the floor. I clean it up. I'm glad I don't have a lot of carpets and it's a piece of cake to clean up. And life moves on from there. But Just yeah, I've had watch to where you walk to going outside house. with him <laughs> to try to minimize those right, mistakes yes. and those accidents. So I yes. know if I'm watching him in the yard and he's doing his little old Reggie wander around, sniff everything moments, and then he goes, oh, is it time for dinner yet? And he comes running back into the house. I can say, <laughs> oh, Reggie, hey, so no, cute. let's go back right. outside and finish our business. And then generally he's like, okay, I guess I'll poop now because I want dinner. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I always take my puppy out on a leash and I go to the spot I want them to go and I just stand there and I I do nothing. And if the puppy doesn't go and I think they do have to go, back in the house we go and into the crate. Brilliant. And then I'll try again 10 minutes later. I don't allow my puppy to have any fun in the yard until they've done their business. Yeah, and I think that's a good call because in that moment, we want them to go to the bathroom. We want them to go to the bathroom so that we can give them a little bit more freedom in the house Mm. versus coming inside and having to tuck them back in the crate. Right. We want to be able to say... Okay, now I know, I know definitively that they have emptied their bladder and they've emptied their bowels and now they're not going to have an accident in the house. And that's part of the planning process and it's part of setting your dogs up for success in house training is making sure that you know whether they've gone or not. And I often will recommend to our students that they keep a loose journal Mm -hmm. so that they can learn about their puppies because there's there's sort of generalized rules of how long they can hold their bladder, etc., but every puppy's different. And yes. you've had, so you've had a lot of different breeds and you've had a lot of different sizes in breeds. Mm-hmm. And the, the, um, uh, the thoughts out there, the common thoughts out there are that smaller dogs can be harder to house train. And there's a couple of reasons that that could be true, but what are your thoughts? I have had, uh, well, my Chinese crested is a small breed mm-hmm. and my Sheltie was 13 or 14 pounds as an adult, maybe 14 pounds. So she was little too. I, I had no problem in housebreaking them. No problem. Okay. I, I was diligent. I watched them. I I was aware of them. Okay. Um, nope, no problem at all. Good. Good. I yes. like that answer. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You heard it here from instructor Swanee, the small dogs. I think that they can often be a little bit harder for house training because they go quicker and smaller yes, amounts. Especially if they're hairy. Because yeah. they, they they squat if it you know, they squat to go and they're so tiny to begin with and there's so much fur. Yes. So it's, it's not as definitive to see happen. Right. But, but you know, you, you see the little puddle starting to form yes. and there's like, ah, 
you know, let's get outside. So, exactly. Yes. So if you are diligent in your supervision right, until yes. they're at the point where they understand how to ask to go outside, you're going to be able to catch those accidents and redirect them easily. Right. And again, a lot of it is the rehearsal factor. If they end up getting into the habit of going in the house, it makes things much more difficult for you down the road. So right. I remember my mom, um, when I was a young, a young child. I was training you. House, house, I, I don't remember you. that. I think I was born housebroken. <laughs> or you assume I'm already housebroken? Wow. Yeah, you probably still have the yeah. diaper. That's the. <laughs> My mom would, um, I remember, tie the puppies to her belt loop. So she okay. would be, go around the house doing housework, preparing dinner. And she would, you know why? Because I think when I was young. Were there crates? crates there yeah. was crates, okay. but they weren't as mainstream. And I remember okay. we. I remember my dad having pens in the basement for the dogs. Okay. Then I remember getting some wire crates, but um, they just weren't as mainstream. So I guess that's yeah. what people did. My mom would tie the puppy to her belt loop or her apron. She always wore an apron and uh, the puppy would just have to go wherever she went. And that's yeah. how she house broke. She watched the puppy like that. Yeah, and yeah. I think that that's probably more of a more of a traditional back in the day because we were just starting to bring dogs inside the home. Right. Yes. We were they were traditionally outdoor creatures, mm-hmm. and they would have their spaces outdoors, and we would throw scraps, and I'm sure play with them. But we they they had more of a working purpose at that point. Right. They weren't necessarily the pet dog. So as they became more pets and more part of the family, we wanted to bring them inside. So right. um, and I think people used to let their dogs run loose more too, yes. like open the door and the dog runs out into the neighborhood and and weird, goes and eh? visits everybody yeah. actually yeah i remember as a child up at the cottage uh we weren't able to have dogs when we were kids i got uh my first dog came home as rottweiler quincy in mm-hmm. 1999 because it just didn't fit into our life unfortunately and my mom had uh, a really old cat for a lot of my childhood i i suppose the cat was probably younger when i was really <laughs> young but i just remember her being a very old cat right we couldn't go to anything that would upset the old cat i think it was just an excuse <laughs> <laughs> really? But um, yeah, I remember being up at the cottage and there were people a couple of doors down that had a dog named Butchie and it was a mix of some sort. It was probably like a bearded collie cross mm-hmm. of some sort. And I have the fondest memories of my sister and I just playing with this dog from down the way. And, right. you know, every once in a while we would hear Butchie, come home. And then the dog <laughs> would go home and do whatever. Right. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, the dog just ran just loose ran and loose. played with yeah. all the neighborhood kids up at the cottage. And that mm. was just lifestyle back right. then. Yeah. Things were different. There was Things a highway right there too. Wow. That scares me to think about now. So yeah. we were we were quite close to 169, which runs runs up through Muskoka. Mm-hmm. And it's a fairly busy. Maybe it wasn't as busy back then. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is ancient times when I was a kid. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. You had to be careful of dinosaurs. I know you've had a few stories about being chased by velociraptors. Oh, yes. Yes, I outrun them, though. That's the thing. I've always been able to be fleet of foot and just, you know, outrun them. That that was a terrifying time to be alive, Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we've ever talked about dinosaurs, but I like the segue. Alrighty, so those are a lot of the common mistakes that people make. And I think we talked about uh, some solutions in there as well, but I like to sort of break house training down into a four-step plan. And those four steps are, I'll give you a broad overview of my four steps first, and then we'll dive into them. So supervise, schedule, feedback, and responsibility. Those are my four steps Hmm. that I usually put into Is there an acronym so we can remember them? Uh, 
Suffer. 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 That's as good uh, as it gets. I don't know. It's it's not it. No one's going to remember that. No, not no. a good acronym at all. <laughs> all right. So supervise. This is something we already talked quite a mm-hmm. bit about and such an important piece of the puzzle because the feedback that you give your dog in that moment is going to be so important to give them. Yes. Um, schedule. What are some of the tips that you have for people about schedule for house training? Well, one of them is not free feeding. Oh, that's a great one. Yes. So I'm scheduling my puppy's meals so I can have an idea of when my puppy is going to go to the bathroom. What goes in must come out. Yes, it must. So if we know what time it went in, it gives us a better idea of what time it's coming out. Yeah, absolutely. And that's for water too. If I go, oh, he just tanked up tanked up on quite a bit of water, that's going to mean some pee coming out soon. Yes, absolutely. And mm-hmm. this is where I, I will often recommend a loose journal so that you can learn specific things about your puppy because Mm -hmm. even though there's generalities and I think I started talking about this and then we maybe got off track but there's generalities that you can sort of you can sort of look to so things like um, their age in months plus two is about the amount of hours that they can hold it for example so if they're two months old they can generally go for a max of four hours before they're going to be bursting etc things like that are good sort of general Mm -hmm. ideas to give you information. However, every puppy is going to be different. They're all going to have different tactics. They're all going to have different um, Mm -hmm. development and different muscles with their bladder. So you really want to learn about your individual puppy and note some things like when they ate and when it came out so that now you have a good guess point for the next time they're going to have to go to the bathroom when they had that drink and when that came out so that now you have a good idea Mm -hmm. of how long it takes to go through their actual system. Yes. And also too, a question that we get is when am I going to be able to sleep in? (laughs) <laughs> and we, we can't answer that. Yeah. But when you bring home a new puppy, if, if you love to sleep into 11, yeah. those, those days are gone for a while. For a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. so, you know, think of that, that if you like sleeping in, puppies don't like sleeping in. Yeah, so it's true. You're getting up. So it's, a, there's a life change when yeah. you get a puppy. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And there's probably going to be some times where in the middle of the night, you need to get up and you need to take that puppy out to go to the bathroom. I generally will rely on about a week of time before I'll try to try to stop that Mm -hmm. somehow. So um, what do you do Um, in terms of how 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 long you'll get up in the middle of the night with them? Yeah. It depends on the age of the puppy. So uh, if if I've got a seven-week-old puppy, yes, I, I'm getting up in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, you know, I've also uh, adopted 12-week-old puppies where I haven't had to yeah. because they're more mature and they can hold their bladder. So it all depends on the age, yes. Perfect. Now, I, I will say with my own experience, Ned is the first dog that I have not had to get up in the middle of the night for at least that first week for. Yeah. He's so brilliant. He's a good puppy. Again, yeah, yeah. He we had should already clone learned, him. He had already learned some some bladder control yes. before he came home to my house. I mean, the, these nice. are the reasons yes. that I'm going back to BC for my next puppy that hopefully will come around September or October of this year is because the start that he had, it, it made me hit the ground running with, right. with things that I wanted to do rather yes. than having to, you know, put things on hold because I was working on all of the basic things with him. And it just made life such a dream. We actually talked mm. um, in one of our podcast episodes recently all about like breeders and different tactics and, you know, clarifying um 
what breed will necessarily fit well into mm-hmm. your home, et cetera. So you can have a have a listen to that if you're looking for more information on how to pick a great breeder who is going to set you up for a wonderful future. Exactly. With your puppy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because if you're if you know if you go to look at the puppies and they're in filthy conditions and yes. they've been raised in filth, then the puppy's gonna enjoy sitting in its own filth, yeah. and that's gonna make your crate training even harder. Yeah. So you want a breeder who's kept the puppies clean and the puppies appreciate being clean. Not puppies yeah. who've had been forced to go to the bathroom in their crates. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, so. that first eight weeks can really shape your first few weeks. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. And it's such an important piece of the equation. So mm-hmm. bringing home a dog who's ready for the next phase of their life at eight or nine weeks versus bringing home a puppy who is a little worried about everything or doesn't necessarily have any insight into life into a human world that can often be a bigger challenge mm-hmm. for us so yeah, not that you know they, they work out you know it yeah. all works out yeah. eventually like Absolutely. not that it's but you know I would be leery of a breeder who is dirty puppies yes That's, yeah, yeah yeah definitely and just things to be aware of yes right things to things to help drive your decision moving forward mm-hmm. all right so the third step in the training plan so we had supervised schedule and feedback and this is the praise being good enough outside but it's also making sure that they don't rehearse the wrong thing so if they're having an accident inside we're not supervising and we don't know their schedule and we don't know that they're going to need to go out that accident If you don't catch it in the moment and say, hey, that's wrong and give them feedback from that, that rehearsal will set you back Mm -hmm. because your puppies figure out that it's okay to go inside sometimes. And because there's confusion and they don't necessarily know how to say, I need to go to the bathroom, they're just going to end up going and that rehearsal will continue to drive their behavior. Yes. So that is step three. And step four is responsibility. And this one is once we've gotten through steps one, two, and three, so once our puppies understand that they need to hold it to go outside, and we tend to use crates a lot to help build Mm -hmm. muscle memory and help build their understanding of um, not going in the house. Mm -hmm. You had mentioned earlier in the podcast that you would bring the puppy back inside and put them back in the crate for 10 minutes. So tell us why you would do that. Well, I want the puppy to learn to go outside. So if I think they have to go and they haven't gone and I bring them back in the house, there's a good chance that the moment I blink, they're going to pee on the floor. So it's, you know, most puppies don't want to soil their sleeping area, their Mm -hmm. crate. So I'm going to put them in the crate and I think, you know what, I think he's got to go. So we're going to go back out in 10 minutes and we're just going to stand there. Yeah, absolutely. Going to the bathroom earns you freedom. Yes. Yes. And, and putting them, so bringing them in the house and putting them in the crate for that 10 minutes, it's not meant to be punishment. No. Basically what this is meant to do is it's meant to prevent the puppy who goes outside. And even if they go outside on a leash with you and you stand there and you plant your feet and you do all the right things and they still don't go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I usually give my puppies two minutes max Mm because I don't want to stand outside for 15 minutes while they're chasing every leaf and I'm trying with uh, no success to get them to go to the bathroom. So I'll usually give them about two minutes if they haven't gone okay no problem Mm -hmm. scoop them up bring them back inside put them in the crate for that five to ten minute period and it's to give them an opportunity to work up the need to go again Mm -hmm. because all those leaves outside were so distracting he forgot that he needed to go to the bathroom which is why a lot of the times we bring them in the house and then they have an accident it's because the distractions are less inside than they are outside it's It's not because they're trying to be bad it's like putting a snowsuit on a toddler it's like the (laughs) the toddler's all excited about going outside yay snow yay snow oh look at my snowsuit oh wow oh 
I have to pee now. I didn't realize. Yes. I love that analogy. It's so perfect. Right? Yes. So perfect. Oh yes. my goodness. Yeah. So that is not meant to be punishment. It's meant to just give them information and feedback. Right. It also, another thing too, it teaches your puppy to go to the bathroom quickly. Yes. Which is nice. And uh, I was traveling with someone um, up north a few weeks ago and uh, we stopped at a uh, uh, an en route, which mm-hmm. is the Ontario... I don't know how to describe them. Little gas station, snack places on the highway. And I got out and I took Honda out and he didn't go. And I said, okay, I'm done. But it's only been a minute or two. I said, well, he would have gone right away. Yeah. Because Honda's been conditioned to go if you have to go. So it's like, no, he lost, you know, he lost his chance. He knows that he didn't have to go. Back in the car, we go on on our drive. Yeah, absolutely. And we will actually condition our puppies to go to the bathroom on a cue word. Mm -hmm. So as my puppies are going to the bathroom outside in the backyard during the teaching phase, I'll be saying, I use hurry up. So I will say, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And then as soon as they stop peeing, I stop saying hurry Mm -hmm. up. And that creates an association. So over a week or two, my puppy will quickly learn that anytime they hear hurry up, it's associated with that bathroom duty. And then you can start to use it once they understand that. you can start to use it to actually prompt the behaviors. Mm-hmm. And that comes in really, really handy. Yes. Sometimes puppies and dogs can be really particular about where they pee. When we pee, we just pee because we need to go to the bathroom. When dogs- well, I'm, I'm particular. There's some <laughs> toilets I will not go in, Shannon, but I've just learned something about you. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good point. Yeah. But when when our puppies and our dogs pee, they there tends to be a whole bunch of social etiquette surrounding yes, it. Yes, so, so <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we have social etiquette. I'm never going to be able to pee again without laughing now. You know that, right? <laughs> so when our puppies are looking for a space that's safe for them to pee, that's going to keep the area clean, that's not going to attract predators, you know, all these natural instincts. Right, yes. And then as they get into social behaviors, uh, a, a smell that's going to mark territory, you know, things like that are really mm. important. So some dogs will be they'll cross their legs and they'll squeeze it and they'll hold it forever. You know, we've had some students that their dogs will go hours and hours and hours and hours and hours Mm -hmm. in a new location holding it. And then they get home and they're just bursting to go. So we've had to help them work through those problems. Yes. Yeah. And, and having that cue word to say to your puppy or your dog as they're growing Mm -hmm it's okay for you to go to the bathroom here. You know, I know we're on cement and you're used to grass, but we're at the airport and this is all there is right now. So hurry up and it's okay for you to do that. It's such a handy thing to have in place. Um, We actually have a YouTube video about how to teach that. So you can have a look at that and get Mm -hmm. some tips on how to teach the the behavior of going Yes, I think I I posted that video also on our McCann Dogs, McCann, McCann Dogs, Trainers, training tips. Training tips. Uh, that's an, uh, I'm having trouble with tongue twisters. <laughs> we have a, a Facebook group called McCann Dog Trainers Training Tips. Perfect. That I posted that video on there. I think last week one day I posted that. That's going to be yes. your new tongue twister. Yes. Say, yes. say toy boat three times fast. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. That was pretty boat. good. Yeah, uh, I've tried good, though. Actually. I tried hard. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. Toy boat, toy boat. there it is no I'm not good at tongue twisters (laughs) I hope you're all playing along with us let us know in the comments if you were successful on the toy boat and if you have some good tongue twisters put them in because Shannon Shannon's good at tongue twisters so we we need some new ones so if you have any original ones throw them in the comments we'll challenge Shannon I would love to take the tongue twister challenge yes the dogs tongue twister challenge absolutely yeah we'll feature it on a podcast so post them oh my goodness I love that that's so funny actually I do pride myself you do 
because for some reason I, I'm good at I've known Shannon for many, many, many years. <laughs> and she told me that probably the first yeah. time I met her. Hi, it's nice to meet you, Swanee. Yeah. I'm really good at I'm really good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's how I introduce myself to everybody. <laughs> it gives me credibility or something. Instantly. Street cred. Might not Street be, cred. Might not be credibility. It might be insanity. Shannon but. didn't choose that life. It shows her. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, so back to house training and the responsibility factor, which I don't know how we derailed so well, but we did a good yes. job of it. So the responsibility factor is in once the dog understands all these factors. So once the dog understands that it's right to go outside, wrong to go inside, they have the holding part down mm-hmm. pat. We can start to say now it's your responsibility. You need to tell me when you want to go to the bathroom and what are the tactics that you use? What are the signs that you look for with your dogs when they need to go to the bathroom? Well, the dog's hopefully going to start to move towards that door. So mm-hmm. it goes back to supervision again. So I'm going to watch my dog. And if I see them start to go towards that back door, it's like, hooray, it's yes. coming together. Absolutely. Yes. So what do you do at that point when you see them looking at the back door and trying to figure this out? Well, I usually say, do you have to go to the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Yes, let's go. And we go to the door together. We open the door. So I'm going to do that the first few times just to reinforce to the puppy that moving to the door, like looking towards the door is good. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I don't want a dog that stands at the back door because I don't, you know, it depends where I'm living, but I've had houses where I don't see the back door. Yes. So I need to teach my puppy to come to get me first, or sometimes I luck out and I get a dog that naturally barks at the door. Yes. So. Yeah, that's handy when that happens. That, and that's always been just a natural. It's like, oh, this dog barks at the door. That's awesome. Yeah. My Sheltie Atari, she would even bark when my other dogs went to the door. So it was, she was a good girl. Aww. But uh, most dogs I've had to teach to come and, uh, you know, come and usually, I usually got them to come and touch me or bop me or, or give me a deep stare. And, you know, that I know then they need to go out. Perfect. Deep stare into your ha- eyes. Hannes has dropped stare. down now to, he goes to the door and then starts to walk to look for me and I'll just see him like peek around a corner. Aww. So when I see Honda peeking around the corner, I know, oh, he's got to go out. <laughs> he's saying, hey, yeah, I got to pee. Yeah, I can't Lady. make it, I can't make it all the way to you. Lady. You I, meet me I halfway. Can't the, I can't get the doorknob open. Yeah. You need to help. <laughs> That's adorable. So um, I will actually use the tactic that uh, I've ta- I usually will use a taught tactic. Mm-hmm. So for example, I like the deep stare. I like my dogs to come and just drill holes in me with mm-hmm. their eyes until I, until I clue in and say, right. oh, you got to go outside. And then of course they get mm-hmm. the dancing feet yes. when I say yes. that and we run to the back door. So I will actually teach some sort of a tactic. So mm-hmm. you were saying I like them to come and nose bop me or something right. of that yes. nature. So in setting that up, I will create the association with the back door. So I usually will have them come and sit and stare at me. So I'll just teach a sit at the back door. Mm-hmm. So whether or not we actually need to go outside in that moment, I will specifically take my dog to the back door, ask for a sit. When they do, Mm -hmm. I say yes. And the reward rather than food, the reward is that the door opens. Right. So they learn very quickly that sitting there works. Sitting works to get the door open, Mm -hmm. which is great because then I can take it one step further. Then I will start to call my dog away from the door, ask for the sit. So Mm -hmm. I might go five feet into the kitchen ra- mm-hmm. rather than being right at the back door. My back door is at the other side of my kitchen. So I might go five feet from the back door and ask for the sit. And when they do, yes. And I'll run to the back door and open the door. So they quickly start to figure out that that action gets them to the back door and gets them to go outside. And then I basically just generalize it through the house. So mm-hmm. um, once I've done five feet from the back door, I'll go 10 feet from the back door. Then I'll go into the living room. Then I'll go into the, you know, the hallway at the front. Then I'll 
work on going upstairs as mm-hmm. well and running quickly to the back door from there so that the dogs understand right. I need yes. to come and get you and this action is what gets me outside. Right. Yes. So yep. uh, oftentimes I think people will try to put the cart before the horse though and look for that indication from the dog mm-hmm. before they actually have the other things in place. So doing things in order, making sure that they have all of that understanding first and then asking them to take responsibility mm-hmm. would be a good tactic. Right. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Anything else to uh, fill in any holes on our house training chat today? I think we were pretty thorough. I think we were too. All right. If you would like any further information on house training, we have lots of house training videos on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. We have lots of house training articles on our blog on McCandogs.com. So lots of help for you. And we appreciate you joining us today for all the fun and hopefully some good laughs on your part as well. Yes. (laughs) All right. On that note, I'm Instructor Shannon. Instructor Swanee. Happy training. The McCann Dogs Podcast is brought to you by McCann Professional Dog Trainers. We help dog owners to have a well-behaved, four-legged family member. Please give us a call at 905-659-1888 or visit us at mccanndogs.com. Happy training!